Yeah, I did it. So uh, welcome to But What If I Tried Acting, the podcast where we discuss the filmographies of rappers, singers, or just general music people who launched acting careers. <laughs> I am Sanchez. And with me is my beautiful co-host, Butler. Butler, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm ready <laughs> to talk about this movie. But first, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my very sweet cousin, Bailey, who's a new subscriber hey. and who, it turns out, is hey. a big fan of the podcast. She's so sweet. She says we're great. She complimented our radio voices. So yay, Ooh. Bailey. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey, um, I love you more than Butler does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Garth, have you met Bailey? No. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I you think. have actually. <laughs> it's a love from afar. I I I just like uh, using a moment of positivity to so derision in the podcast. <laughs> um, All right, and well, uh, with us is of course Garth, our other uh, podcast host, who is sowing derision within the 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 team. How are you today? Speaking of sowing derision, you know what I learned last night that uh oh. that, that that sanchez <laughs> sang opera in the kennedy center <laughs> why yeah i did <laughs> yeah no i way. was um i played an orphan in the um well we found out it wasn't an opera it's called something else but it's basically an opera opera um carmina barana oh uh-huh yeah i played an orphan child and i sang <laughs> oh my god that's so cool you got to perform at the kennedy center yeah which theater uh, I were was... you in I don't, that I don't remember. Um, One of the big ones, I think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was like 11. So, you know, they just like everyone at my school had to, or got to, I guess, sing as orphan children. Oh, it was through school. That's awesome. Yeah. It was neat. That is very (laughs) neat. Oh my gosh. I love the Kennedy Center. Yeah. I feel like it's something that's happened to me that I don't bring up enough. Um, No. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like to brag about my accomplishments from when I was 11 years old. <laughs> I just imagined you at like the classic like movie high school reunion scenario where everyone's like bragging about where they are in life. And you're like, even before high school, I was in an opera in the Kennedy Center. All right. Well, we're talking about Fast and Fierce Death Race. Yay. Uh, it's a death race <laughs> that is fast and fierce. Sure. <laughs> it was released May 19th, 2020. Uh, you know, the most infamous year. Uh, screenplay by Mark Gottlieb, story by Mark Atkins. So Mark Gottlieb's previous writing credits are Planet of the Sharks, Death Sember, the upcoming Aquarium of the Dead, which is apparently going to star Vivica A. Fox. Amazing. You know, just got to get that money. Uh, we support her. Um, Mark Atkins, previous credits include writer of android cop starring michael jai white which is wow (laughs) so many surprises (laughs) again gotta get the bag i guess uh writer of p51 dragon fighter uh which is apparently gonna be a world war ii movie 
about the Nazis having dragons. Dragons. Okay. <laughs> cool. Sure, Nazi dragons. Why not? And then uh, Mark was also a cinematographer for the upcoming Confederate Zombies. Yay! Excellent. Jesus. Excellent. Fantastic. This is uh, just wild. These these movies would have never occurred to me. <laughs> uh, so Fast and Fierce was directed by Jared Cohen. Previous directing credits include Underground Lizard People, uh, Little Dead Rotting Hood. <laughs> wow. All right. Mm. And uh, Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Kill. Yay. Wow. Ooh. Just You gotta you got love the VOD okay. horror market. Do yes, we? I do. <laughs> I know Sanchez definitely does. <laughs> Some of us here certainly do. You know, I I respect them. Do I enjoy the movies? Not so much, but good for them. Hey guys. <laughs> yes, Garth. You know what all the kids are talking about on TikTok? You mean besides middle parts? Yeah. Context. Yeah, Context. they are. <laughs> what's uh, what's going on? <laughs> So there's no new music from DMX in 2020, but regardless, uh, let's do Billboard, sort of. All right. Nice. Let's do it. So uh, due to COVID, it's a little difficult to quantify what music actually did well because everyone's stuck at home and music habits are all over the place and kind of, so is the data. Mm-hmm. So, so like Billboard is mostly stuff that did not come out in 2020. Like the album that we that that Beatles Greatest Hits album that was mm-hmm. number one like way back when we covered Belly or whatever mm-hmm. yeah uh that charted this year at like number seventy something just to give you a taste of how strange Billboard was in twenty twenty oh, yeah. okay very strange um yeah and then on top of that there's like the resurgence of vinyl and like some outlets are saying different things and in reality like some kid on TikTok or like some K-pop group is probably like bigger than all of these people put you know combined oh, um right. so yeah we, we've got ourselves a, a big old mess so um in the interest of getting consensus on what music did well and what was culturally relevant i've made three mini lists of top five albums okay uh the first is you know the usual billboard 2020 highest performing list the second is the five highest streamed albums on spotify in 2020 and the third is the Metacritic list, which I'll explain when we get there. Uh, so, okay. uh, your Billboard list, your fifth highest performing album is Folklore by Taylor Swift. Number four is Fine Line by Harry Styles. Yay. No- number three is Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich. Cool. Beep boop. Uh, two is My Turn by Lil Baby and... Your number one highest performing album of 2020 is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. God. Cool. By the way, uh, the Harry Styles, the Roddy Rich, and the Post Malone album are all 2019 albums. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, now here's your Spotify list. The fifth highest streamed album, and this is worldwide, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth highest streamed album on Spotify in the world is Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Great album. Uh, number four, Fine Line by Harry Styles. Uh, number three, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. <laughs> number two, After Hours by The Weeknd. And uh, if one of the Chelsea's can help me pronounce the number one streaming album. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. I just know that I contributed a lot of watches to those movies. I mean, to the album. I did as well. I don't know how to pronounce it. I mean, I think you just say the letters. I don't know. That's okay, what I always do. It's Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G by Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. You betcha. I, I know it's an abbreviation for something, but... Great album, though. Very good. Really, really helped get me through quarantine yeah really really good and then they started releasing the music videos and i was like oh yeah this is even better yeah Mm -hmm. um finally we got the metacritic list so what the metacritic list is is metacritic gathers like every single like music top 10 albums of the year list they can find and does a rank point system for it so if you're if you're an album if you get like the number one spot you get three points if you get number two you get two and three and under you get one so the idea being is, like, whoever has, like, the highest points is, like, sort of the critical consensus favorite album of the year, or at least something approximate to that. Uh, so your number five is Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, with 63.5 points. Number four is Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels, 92.5 points. Cool. Number three is Solid. Folklore by Taylor Swift, 94 points. Uh, number two, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers with 124 points. And number one is Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple with 170 and a half points. Hmm. Solid. Right. solid Any list. Fetch the Bolt Cutters fans here? Yeah, I thought it was a really nice album. I thought it was really yeah, good. Yeah, I agreed. Like, critics were like going nuts over it when it came out. Um, I haven't heard it. It's good. It's very... Fiona Apple. Um, yeah, I was trying to think if you'd like it or not. Um. But um, yeah, highly recommend. I listened to it while playing the uh, Spyro remaster. <laughs> the what? Um, uh, do you, have, did you ever play this game? It was like this like dragon PlayStation game where you played like a spunky little dragon. Oh, a and little you, purple like, ran dragon. Around. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I played it on PlayStation, but I had it on Xbox. Yeah. They um they recently did a like a remaster so they like made it look not as like cubey I guess. They they made oh. it look like modern generation graphics. Oh yeah, and uh, you know yeah. who else put out an album in twenty twenty? Grimes. Uh, yay! We summoned her. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, friend. Hi, Grimes. How are you? gonna try to raft down the mississippi again i next time i will attempt the colorado (laughs) for its beauty (laughs) and majestic mountain grimes i I heard a uh, a nasty online rumor about you lately oh no what could it be Uh, uh, apparently you're the one who responsible for getting dave Chappelle covid Oh, it wasn't you? COVID. No, 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 no. He, he, we both got it at the same time because we held hands and brushed our teeth at the same time together. And a a woman cursed us 
for our choices. So, so you think COVID is caused by a curse? It can be. It can be. When you upset the woman who shrieks at night, she will come and curse you with respiratory disease. Are you saying that banshees are causing COVID? Uh, sometimes. Or, sorry, but sometimes. Not. Sometimes. So you're saying banshees exist and they can cause COVID sometimes. At time, if, if, they, if it is what they wish. Yes. I see. Yes. Is there any way to uh, break the curse? Yes. You must switch shoes with the little boy who lives above you in your apartment complex. You must live in an apartment complex. You switch at the shoes, and then you sing a song of sorrow into your dumpster. I guess Dave Chappelle's out of luck then, because he lives in a house. So. He, he must become a tenant somewhere first to lift the span. All right, well, it's always good to hear from you, Crimes. Anytime. I must go to space. Okay. Goodbye. Sanchez. What an oddball. You miss Grimes. Yeah. Mm. Devastating. I've always wanted to have a conversation with this woman, and I always miss out. I miss out on all of on many of our crazy guests. Not mm. all of them, thankfully. I never but... know what to say to her. <laughs> she she seems like a mysterious woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. With many ideas. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> on the legal end, uh, no new arrests or law stuff for DMX in 2020. Yay! Oh, good for DMX. Very good. And uh, in other news, the one kind of noteworthy thing in DMX world in 2020 is the versus battle with Snoop Dogg, which mm-hmm. I did not watch because, mm-hmm. nor have I watched any versus thing because I'm not really on Instagram. Ah, I uh, I think I missed out on it because I didn't know about versus at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. I tuned in for the uh, the Patty yeah. Labelle. Ah. It was Patty Labelle versus who? Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. Not Tina Turner. Who was it? Gar- I don't remember, Garth but it was good. <laughs> no. Patty LaBelle versus Garth Ginsburg. You know, I, I was an 80s R&B diva. <laughs> I have a line of pastries you can purchase at the grocery store. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing I know about, the, like, the DMX Snoop Dogg battle is that, like, they were both in the same room together in quarantine, or, or like, in the middle of COVID, and I'm like, mm. you guys can't be in the same room together. That's that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not allowed, actually. To be honest, I don't know if you've... Cause, because I'm on Instagram, and I am I follow DMX on Instagram, he's been doing some questionable things oh, God. in quarantine. It's been in too many rooms with people. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've seen a lot of things on Instagram where I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, just. <laughs> you two don't live together, and yet you're inside. Yes, uh, but yeah, he's going to do a show in Miami. Oh, and, great! And uh, if you scroll through the comments, not a mm. single person was like, "Hey, maybe don't have something that's going to draw a crowd." Instead, everybody was like, "I'm going." God damn it! And I was like, "No, Florida." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's some. Grade A Miami shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
it did feel very Miami. Uh, it, it, yeah. is that the new like secret hustle for like performing artists is just go to Florida if you really want to get away with it I mean probably maybe um god damn it Florida yeah. um Florida's trash um, Florida is trash and uh <laughs> yeah we are now officially out of context to cover oh man wow for our next movie is also released this year um sort of makes you wonder whether or not i should have divided up this context section or not into the other script but i don't know we'll, we'll figure out something fun to do yes exactly no, i like i like that we ran out yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> we shall move on to plot i will just say really quick that it was patty labelle versus gladys knight oh yeah yeah that was, was epic. a good one that sounds fun yeah. was pretty good um yeah. but plot of this movie well, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Uh, so Nelson Tyson loses a whole butt ton of money to DMX, whose character name is Davey. Yes, Davey. And he has a business partner, question mark, named Jillian. Um, and instead of a cash payment, DMX wants Nelson's brother, Jack, to participate in the Outlaw 1000. That's a race from Mexico to Los Angeles for $5 million. So Nelson goes and meets up with his brother Jack, who maybe lives in Mexico. I don't know. He might live in a junkyard also. Not sure. And uh, he basically gives him the rundown of what's happened. And uh, Jack reluctantly agrees to do it. So the Tyson brothers go to DMX's bar where DMX kind of lays out, like, the rules of the race. (laughs) Um, Basically, you have to get to L.A. by car and you have to hit three checkpoints along the way. Uh, the locations of which have been programmed into a GPS system in, like, each of the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so cars line up. We have Jack, who's driving a cool muscle car. Mm-hmm. Mick, who's driving a Tokyo drifty kind of, like, zoom-zoom car. <laughs> and <laughs> Nina, who's driving just, like, a normal car with decals on it. And <laughs> so the race begins. Uh, so it's revealed that DMX has actually put hidden cameras in every car, and they're tracking them while taking bets. And DMX gives Nelson $100,000 to bet with. Um, and then some racing happens. Jack has like a weird flashback of driving in a car with some woman. But then he pulls himself together and gets into the lead of the race. Uh, he's going to continue to have these flashbacks a bunch other times throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, Jack is the first one to pull up to the first checkpoint, which is a restaurant. Uh, soon the others pull up as well. Mick is kind of all mad because he didn't win. And Nina's on Instagram being an annoying influencer. And they have a meal. They have some tequila. And then they leave. And as they're leaving, it's revealed that there is a sort of like random mysterious lady there. She steals some things from a safe, beats up the white lady who works at the restaurant in Mexico, and jumps into Jack's car and makes him drive off with her in it. Yeah, a lot of white people working in Mexico yeah. in this movie. Yes. Well, I mean, guys, yes. we have Jillian. <laughs> this is true. Um, Supposedly. Jillian is possibly Mexican. Um, we, we will, believe me, we will get the Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this lady, not Jillian, but the other lady we just mentioned, um, reveals her name is Bianca. Um, 
basically she's DMX's ex and the doodads that she stole are like thumb drives containing information about like his criminal enterprises. Mm -hmm. And Bianca wants Jack to take her to L.A. so she can turn all of this information over to the U.S. attorney. DMX is not happy with this development. He's so mad. So mad. Um, So then some crooked Mexican cops come and arrest DMX. Jillian tries to shoot them as they leave, but she doesn't get anybody. It's, you know, cool stuff. Um, From this moment on, Jillian ends up taking over as the main villain. She calls these two coked up killer ladies who we've seen actually earlier in the movie as arm candy for DMX. They pack up a mountain of guns. They do some more coke and then they leave. And this is actually great stuff. Yeah, this is. (laughs) Yes, very good. Um, Back at the race, Nick almost rams Nina off the road, but Jack rams him instead and once again takes the lead. Mm -hmm. The murder ladies pull up on the corrupt cops. They kill one and abduct the other. Very good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jack and Bianca pull up at another restaurant to get takeout. While waiting for Bianca outside, one of DMX's goons attacks Bianca. The goon tries to steal the drives and uh, and rape her, but Bianca stabs him in the eye with a toilet scrub. <laughs> they drive off, and then they figure out they're being tra- uh, tracked, so they take the camera out. Yep. Uh, so the murder ladies kill the other cop by shooting him like 80,000 million times, and then they rescue DMX in this sort of like hilariously cheap sequence where... You hear basically everything that's going on with this shootout, but they clearly didn't have the budget to film it. So instead, you just get a shot of like a slow-mo as they walk sexily up the stairs. <laughs> um, and then it turns out DMX is like all drugged up, but he's alive. They drive off and Jillian tells them to meet her in L.A. And then while driving through the hills, uh, so, sorry, not the hills, but just some hills, Jack and Bianca run into a roadblock set up by the cartel. There's sort of an awkward action sequence, and then they drive off. They stop, and because Jack has lips, therefore he gets a kiss kiss. Yay! He gets a kiss kiss! Did I say it right? (laughs) Yes! Okay, cool. He has lips, and he gets a kiss kiss! (laughs) Um... Uh, so Mick shows up at checkpoint two first, but the guy there just gives Jack the win anyways because he identified himself properly. Um, it's very funny because Nick is annoying um, and he gets like very, very upset that this happened. Um, then Nelson reveals to Jillian that he's figured out that the race is a money laundering scam. Um, the details of this are extremely complicated and make absolutely no sense, but it doesn't really matter. So, you know, we're just going to keep moving forward in this plot <laughs> section. So uh, then Jack reveals to Nina that DMX is tracking them. Mick tries to pick a fight with Jack, but fails because he's annoying and sucks. And I guess has no hand-eye coordination. And then Jack and Nina drive off and leaving Mick in their dust. Um, Bianca reveals that she has a six-year-old daughter out of nowhere. And she wants to go to the U.S. because the daughter needs a procedure done. Um, Jillian orders Mick to win the next checkpoint. The particulars of the scam have changed now, so Jillian needs Jack to actually lose the race instead, but it doesn't really matter to the plot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so near the U.S. border, Mick tries to ram Jack off of the road, but he fails, and Jack pit maneuvers Mick's car and flips it over and potentially kills him, possibly. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> um, we're not sure about that. And then Jack drives literally through the border fence into Arizona. Metaphor. 
Um, very yeah. cool. So then Jillian orders Nelson up to Arizona to meet everyone at checkpoint three. Jack tells Jillian that the woman he's been seeing in his flashbacks is his wife, who died in the last race he was in, as she was in the car he was driving that flipped. At checkpoint three, Nelson guns down the cartel members that have brought him up to Arizona, but he takes a bullet himself. Oh, mm. no. Oh, no. Oh, oh bye, Jim. <laughs> Whatever. So Jillian has Bianca's daughter kidnapped and brought to her. Jack and Bianca arrive at checkpoint three, and Nelson dies. Oh no! <laughs> before Jack, before Jack like freaks out and rampages everybody, uh, Jillian calls and reveals that she has Bianca's daughter. Oh no! Kidnapped daughter. Uh, so then uh, in L.A., everybody meets up at a spot, and by everyone we mean literally everybody: Jack, Bianca, Jillian, Bianca's daughter, DMX, and the killer ladies, and Nina. Everybody. Uh, there's lots of guns waved around. There's some random shooting. But then the police just show up and arrest everybody. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically how it ends. Yep. 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 Nothing mattered. <laughs> just the police show up and arrest everybody. Don't find consequences. <laughs> yeah, it's very yep. good. <laughs> as, as abruptly as the movie <laughs> began. Yes. So ended. Just a very, very Monty Python of them to make that decision yeah I, I didn't write this into the outline but like this movie doesn't come with like title credits or anything it's like usually you get like two or three like you know like whatever production company like whatever studio i hit play on the showtime app and it just immediately <laughs> launched into the movie and it, it was very <laughs> abrupt oh interesting um yeah so uh what do we all think of the movie um it was racist. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like parts of it were funny. I don't think it was like funny enough to merit like a, you know, ironic rewatch or anything. Mm. Yeah, I. It is exceptionally racist and. Uh, like, I, I, I did find it very funny. At least, like, for the first half. I thought, like, the back half kind of oh. dragged. Um, but, yeah. Uh, racism and slow second half. Uh, a good movie does not make. Yes. I, yeah. I will preface my opinion with the fact that I had a long week. I was very tired when I went in to watch this. And I already knew the <laughs> general... I don't know. I'd, like, seen a trailer. And as a deep fast and furious lover i was not excited to watch it <laughs> and i did not enjoy my watching experience in fact my morals really probably won't allow me to say many good things about this movie uh and yeah because i don't know to me it's a really bad fast and furious sort of ripoff and i love the fast and furious like franchise so much i deeply believe in the family yeah uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say should we just like give you some time to vamp about your i mean sure why not like now? i eagerly anticipate the release of every movie yeah i don't know i'm deeply attached to like all of the characters if somebody dies i get really sad and things get ruined easily when if somebody's brought back it's very very exciting i really enjoy the plot lines and they are they're not a big part of, like, who I am, but they are, like, 
it's it's sort of like my version of like what Lord of the Rings I think is for Sanchez. Like I just deeply <laughs> love this lore so much, and I can tell you a lot about it. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> solid. Yeah, like I too like consider myself a pretty. I, I consider myself like a fan of the franchise, but like I came to it a lot later than Butler did. So so like the first one I saw was Fast and Furious mm. Six, which Butler took me to to go see in a theater. <laughs> and uh Yeah, like I, I didn't have like any attachment to like the characters or anything, so I was just like, I don't care about any of this, even though like I enjoy how dumb it is. Mm-hmm. Um But but then like years later, like Seven was about to come out and, you know, all the Paul Walker stuff happened. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, like, I'm going to watch literally all of these movies. Uh, and so, like, I didn't like the first one and I deeply <laughs> didn't like the second one. Uh, but then, like, I sort of came around on the third one because I liked the directing in it a lot. Uh, I, I, I think Justin Lin is a stupidly talented guy and... Uh, I think, like, all the car stuff in there, especially the, the car ballet scene, is uh, exceptionally well done. Yeah, and then 4 is kind of bland, but, f- like, 5 is kind of, like, where I really fell in love with it. And I've been on board ever since, even though I kind of think it's lost its way a little bit in, in 7 and 8. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do consider myself a fan, but that like not nearly as deep a fan as Butler, or Sanchez for that matter. Oh yeah, I you know I saw Tokyo Drift when I was twelve, <laughs> one time with my sister in theaters, and couldn't tell you a single thing about this entire franchise. I think there are bald men in it. Um, <laughs> so there are okay, there are currently eight Fast and Furious movies out, right? And the the next one Correct. is the ninth movie. Yes, there's also a Netflix series. Yeah, yeah and we're not. There's we're, a Netflix series. It's yeah, animated and, and for kids. It's called Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Oh, interesting. We are also not including uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, and there's Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff. Okay, but that was supposed to be good. Yes. Right. I uh, think it's okay. good. I thought it was okay. <laughs> and that has. What's his face and The Rock, right? Jason Statham and The Rock, yeah. Yes. Yes. And Idris Elba. That's who it is. And oh, Idris Elba. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Fun. Yeah. I mean, Jason Statham killed Han, and I haven't forgiven him. Unlike They're the healing rest. that wound, Garth. <laughs> spoiler. Mm. No, they released the detail in a bunch of trailers yeah, last he, year. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, they spoiled you... it themselves last year, and I'm still raw about it. <laughs> the fact that I haven't seen this movie yet. Yeah, also, Sanchez, you saw the one Fast and Furious movie where Han died. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't tell you a single thing about that movie. You don't remember the movie you watched I don't remember when you were anything about that movie. Yeah, I don't remember a movie I watched when I was 12. Um, well, I was going to say, he dies in seven day. also, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. He dies twice? Yes, technically. Well, yeah, because of, of the timeline of the series, so... Uh, mm-hmm. there's this weird thing where like in chronological order it's like what it's like one two four mm-hmm. five six mm-hmm. three, three seven three eight. slash seven 
Got it. Three happens in the middle of seven, basically. Be- be- because what they did was they retconned the series because everyone loved Han so much, which is the character who dies in Tokyo mm-hmm. Drift. Um, and they so, compl- like, okay, yeah, so they did this really bizarre thing where, like, uh, they they retconned it so, like, now these three movies, like, take place before the events of the first three movies in order to justify having Han around for a few more movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like a Marvel situation. Uh, I don't know if it's like Marvel, but I would call it genius. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is great how kind of dumb it is and, like, how much it doesn't make sense, but, like... I think it makes perfect I love sense. <laughs> yeah, I... I've completely I, I, yeah. bought into it, though, like, honestly. Yeah, so like, you like Han, then? I love Han. I thought Butler. he was a great character. Yeah, Han's great. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's mostly, like, that okay. actor. Um, yeah. Who plays Han? Uh, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I can't remember his name, honestly. I know okay. him too much as Han to remember his real name. I see. Yeah, all, all I know is that Han's name is technically, like, there was, like, a, a snapshot of his driver's license in one of the movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way it's spelled, his name is, like, Han Solo. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I know. Okay, yeah, so he, the he's... actor's name is Sung Kong. S-U-N-G-K-A-N-G. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just love this, like, the continuity it creates where, like, everyone's, are, everyone's apparently using flip phones in the studio because Tokyo Drift takes place after all these movies. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's very silly. Yeah. It's, I know. Yeah. I think so, you should uh, watch more of the movies, Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. I clearly haven't seen enough. No, you haven't. You got to see so many more. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if I could. Okay. The prospect of watching like eight car movies is very daunting, though. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. As the series yeah. goes along, it becomes increasingly less interested in being car movies and more just ridiculous over-the-top action movies. Okay. But they do crimes, right? Like car crimes? Well, um, they do crimes. But eventually they become crimes for the greater good. And it's all for the family, Chelsea. Because yeah, like, they're all a family, right? All the car people. Yeah. They are all, like, biologically and just adopted family. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, like, they're, they're basically all secret agents at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. They've all been ranked the top 11 most dangerous people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and so the government's like... We need your group to do us a favor. Like, we need you to take down this, like, okay. villain with nuclear weapons. Like, that's where we're at. Like, in the eighth one, like, they're literally stopping a nuclear submarine. Yep. In Russia. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, right, I am a little curious then. Yeah. I, I mean, Butler and I both have rankings, but, like, I, yeah. I guess, like, we, we've kind of, like, transitioned to, like, what makes this franchise good. And, like, what I actually really like about the Fast and Furious franchise is that there's a very kind of sincere love of its characters that... Mm-hmm. Despite it being, like, a massive movie franchise, like, actually feels sincere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like it loves its characters in a way that, like, Marvel, quote-unquote, loves its characters, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, like, they are willing to, like, bend over backwards and, like, screw up with the continuity of the movies. And, like, they'll take, like, a villain in one movie, but it's like, hey, we like this guy so much, he's now part of the crew. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with yeah. Garth. It, they love the characters, but I think one of the things that I also really love about it is how much they sort of respect the fans. And I think that kind of goes hands in hand with the love of the characters. It's sort of like the because people loved Han so much, 
they had to find a way to bring him back and once they did like the it was just like for the benefit of the movies but also it drew so many more people into the story and it really amped up the love of the franchise they did the same thing with michelle rodriguez's character because she's actually killed off at one point and then she's brought back from the dead as well it's amazing oh interesting yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay and i would also say like another fun thing about it is as the series goes along it becomes like way like basically like what justin lynn did for the series was make it self-aware mm. okay and, and so like the the, pro- the issue with like one two and four is that like they take themselves like just way too seriously mm-hmm. and then by the time we get to like five it's like we're dragging a safe through the streets of sao paulo sao paulo right rio rio right and uh it's just like now we're stopping a submarine <laughs> like yep. we're we're gonna jump from one dubai tower to another dubai tower yeah no i think Excellent. they jumped through like three <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so it's like... The, the, yeah yeah <laughs> the rock and vin diesel have basically become superhuman and yeah. frankly in hobbs and shaw they literally actually make somebody an android like Idris Elba is an android. Yeah, Idris Elba is an android. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's really funny. And, or, like or, all or, of he... these things aren't even spoilers for you. Like they're, they're things that are in the trailers that are just sort of like well known. Like we haven't even delved into like actual big surprises in the plots yet. But this is actually a good time. I would love to hear your ranking, Garth, before we do transition. Actually. Oh sure. Yeah. Um. So from best to worst. Uh, five, three, six, eight, seven, four, one, mm. two is my. I'm not surprised ranking. by this one. I think that you've told me this before, actually. Yeah, like five to me is like when the franchise becomes mm-hmm. the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like, like that's the movie where it's like, okay, we're gonna take the characters from Tokyo Drift and the ones from Too Fast, Too Furious, and the first one, and like. We're gonna like this is where like all those timelines become yeah, and one. where they start introducing new ones. And, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also just like a good like vibey like hangout movie. I like mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. It's a, it is mm-hmm. very good. Very like oddly comforting. It is very way. good. Yeah. My list is very different. It's sort of based more on like favorites to least favorite. Um, it's hard though because I do have an affection for sort of all of them. So my list goes six, seven, five, eight one three four two and that's basically how i feel today i feel like it shifts all the time and it's also hard because really the only ones i don't really love that much are four and two i i really love uh like the other ones a lot i don't love yeah two four and one one's just like i don't know bad but like not in a particularly memorable way other than some hilarious like bad 90s or like early 2000s action movie dialogue Mm -hmm. um but yeah this is all stuff uh we can talk about in our (laughs) own time so how would you rank the fast (laughs) and the fierce um compared to the rest of the fast and the furiouses uh it's the best one (laughs) it's it's not it's it's so bad (laughs) when you can like if you compare the the fast and furious franchise to what they have done with fast and fierce it's the most watered down piece of garbage i've ever seen 
Yeah, like, is this even really a ripoff? Like, except for the title, kind of vague locations, and, like, the car <laughs> and the font of the, like, you know, cover of the movie or whatever. It feels like that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean... Okay, like, the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Fast and Furious 1 is the only one that is actually really about racing like, from then on, it just becomes, I mean, and one is kind of not, like, so much about racing as you mm -hmm. think it is. And then after that, they're, like, they're basically just, like, regular crime movies, but just happen to involve, like, people in the street racing mm -hmm. community. Right. And and they all have, like, pimp my righty <laughs> cars. And they, and, they and they drive them fast. <laughs> and furiously. Um, I think I would... <laughs> and maybe even fiercely. Like Tyra Banks. <laughs> you just have to drive and smize at the same time. <laughs> I think yes. I would argue that three is also very much about racing. Um, but yeah. But uh, yeah. I th I mean, for me, I actually would consider this movie a pretty strong ripoff. I know we're going to talk about a lot of these things, but like there's lots of little details that were stolen. Like the Mexico to LA race is stolen from, a from the fourth movie from Fast and Furious. We already talked, you, Sanchez mentioned the cars are a complete ripoff, the music they used, the general, like, LA-ness of the movie, like, the setting and everything is what I kind of mean by that. Sanchez mentioned the opening credits. But then there's little minute details, like, the women using the paint cans and going the opposite direction of each other to do the starting line that's, like, completely ripped from the first movie. And the biggest thing that really offended me is that they completely stole dom's i live my life a quarter mile at a time monologue like almost like they verbatim <laughs> stole that line word for word i live my life a quarter mile at a time and the rest of what jack says is basically a watered down version of what dom says and the specific quote from dom is i live my life a quarter mile at a time nothing else matters <laughs> not the mortgage not the store not my team all their bullshit for that for those 10 seconds or less i'm free and that is basically what jack says he's completely stole it i was so offended that's wild <laughs> they're stealing lines <laughs> yeah i mean for me personally uh fast and furious has <laughs> one thing o over uh fast and furious which is mm -hmm. the villain uh in fast fast furious our villain or our, our quote-unquote villain is DMX, uh, but like even then, like they usher him off screen for like the vast majority of the movie, so like it doesn't <laughs> really count. But yeah, we're gonna talk about this too. But like DMX is incredible <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's also like action. Uh, so like Fast and Furious is like very set piece mm -hmm. heavy. It's like, it's like when you talk about like the action in Fast and Furious, it's like, okay, the, the train robbery sequence or like mm -hmm. the bank heist in five or like the Dubai tower mm -hmm. jumps where they're jumping across mm -hmm. towers and Michelle Rodriguez is fighting a disgraced MMA fighter, mm -hmm. uh, you know, th that kind of thing. And, and, you know, and obviously like Fast and Furious also has like, 80 times the budget of Fast yeah, and Furious. Right. So it could, it could do things like that. Whereas, like, Fierce is kind of like they put in the action mm -hmm. where they can. Yeah. 
and like even have to like skip over it because they don't have the budget mm-hmm. for it. But even like the action that's there, it's like very like sort of slapdash and you know. CG yeah. cars. CG cars kill me. At least Fast and Furious yeah, has practical stunts. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the things Justin Lin did was like, he was just like, uh, guys, I, I, I think that like we're getting too CG heavy with the uh, the action sequences. So like, yeah, that's that's when he's like, let's do more practical mm-hmm. stuff. And like, and like, part of my beef with Seven is like. That's when Justin Lin left and James Wan directed that one, and and there's like, make it way more CG heavy, which I didn't appreciate because sensitive. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They did a bunch of practical um, stuff in that one also, and then they really brought it back in eight with like the zombie cars and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, you use a phrase like zombie cars to someone who has not seen the. I'm just assuming they're cars that have been reincarnated. Essentially, by yes. A swamp witch. It's more like so. they've been hacked by Charlize Theron. So, I mean, and she Ooh. is the, sort of the swamp witch of the franchise. So, there you go. I see. Mm, <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Like her hair is very swamp witchy, honestly. Yeah, she. she, she. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a banshee. She's gonna give, give you, you COVID and bring your car back. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Do you think Grimes likes uh, the Fast and No, I think she's never seen a television before <laughs> in her life. I think she watches Masterpiece Theater on an iPad sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. Masterpiece Theater slaps. It does slap. It's, 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 it's like... I love it. Ah, uh, let's see what else. We talked, uh, we started talking about the cars a little bit and how much of a ripoff they are. Like the car that Jack drives oh, yeah. is basically a complete awful ripoff of the cars that dom drives he likes american muscle he mostly drives uh various versions of the dodge charger that are souped up um and is it isn't the the car jack drives in fast and Furious like that is i don't believe it is honestly it didn't look like a charger specifically it sort of almost to me looked like a charger knockoff i couldn't really tell what specific brand it was i didn't like the burgundy color yeah like i'm 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 aggressively like not into cars, so like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you, but like I saw that car. I was like, that isn't that Dom's car, but just like painted differently. Um, I mean, granted, it's probably like a newer model of Dom's car, but like what I'm saying is like I thought that they were both Chargers, but like I don't actually know or care, um, because it is clearly just like well, we got to get something like yeah, Dom's car. I'm sure that was the intention. Yeah, and then, like, the other cars are, like, rip-offs of, like, Fast and Furious, like, one through four era mm-hmm. cars. R- really, like, one through three. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Yeah. Th- there's, like, w- there's, there's like way less car porn in the franchise uh, now than there was, like, back in the early days of it. So there's no longer, like, neons under the car. Like, I made my car look like the Incredible <laughs> Hulk. Right true but they there is always a sequence where they enter like a airplane hangar that is just stacked with cars <laughs> yeah <laughs> they always have that sanchez's face and they always like go out of their way to have like at least like one street racing thing where it's just like we're gonna go visit the street racing because like we need info right. or like we need a car yeah, exactly. or something you gotta race 
Yeah, I mean, eight was the one that had the that started with the street race mm-hmm. in Havana. Yeah, mm, that's a good one. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's not great. Yes. <sighs> There's a, there is a lot of like female exploitation. I can't, you know, I can't <laughs> save them there. They do have some really amazing female characters, like Michelle Rodriguez's character, Jordana Brewster's character. Um, I'm not personally a huge fan of Charlize Theron's character, but she does get to be, like, the big bad villain. And they've brought in um, Helen Mirren in, like, a really fun way. So, like, and they have, Vanessa Kirby has a great role. But, you know, like, it does, almost every movie has, like, a party shot where it's a bunch of women in basically bikinis or less dancing around on top of cars. And that's been a mainstay since the beginning. And I know why. These are classically very alpha male movies. So I, I, I do see why it's there, even though I don't like it or think it needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it at least has, like, some good mm-hmm. female characters, mm-hmm. though. Unlike yes. Fast and Fierce. Gotcha. Fast and Fierce does not have good female characters. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, like, the two good female characters it has are the two coked up killer they are Yes, amazing. the murder gals were very good. <laughs> the murder uh, gals are amazing, <laughs> but they are also exploited in the same way that, like, usually the nameless party ladies are in Fast and Furious. Like, you know, their arm candy at first, there's a lot of shots of their butts. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, that's, like, one thing you can argue that Fast and Fierce does as well is, like, redeem the arm candy lady. I mean, granted, like, you, you know it's really because, like, they couldn't afford two more actresses, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, n- n- never, never in a Fast and Furious movie is, like, the lady who's, like, they've got a very close shot of her butt while she's dancing around in, like, the party scene, the street racing, um... Uh, they're not going to let her, like, do cocaine and, like, rescue DMX. <laughs> right. Yes, there's no drug uh, use specifically other than, like, I don't know. I bet you they'll do, like, an experimental drug that'll be, like, the thing that's being, you know, sent around the world that they have to defeat at some point. <laughs> right. They're going to they're, they're do limitless, but... Yes, because then well. The Rock and Vin Diesel will have to take the drug to defeat the villain, obviously. <laughs> I, yes, I will, it will watch that movie. Um... <laughs> Yeah. We have like Bianca and Gillian Jillian. Gajillion. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pronounced both ways in the movie, so like we don't actually know which one it's yeah. supposed yeah, to be. I don't know. But it's not thought about it's very not. much. But Bianca sucks. Like, yeah. when. And, yeah. And Nina sucks too. Like, when I first saw Nina, I, when I just looked at her, I was like, oh, this is cool. She'll be the Michelle Rodriguez character. And it turns out, no, she was not the Michelle Rodriguez character. She is a vapid influencer uh, who's bad at driving. Uh, and she just, in general, sucks. And Bianca, I could go on and on and on about Bianca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote down a note. Um, if someone, like, ever jumped into my car and just started yelling, <laughs> like, drive, 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 I, I would not. Exactly. I would probably just, like, turn the car off and get out of it and be yes. like, get out of my car. Yeah. I don't know. Because maybe I would help you if you, like, explained yourself, but <laughs> you're not, so. Yeah, not good. 
Yeah. I don't, Bianca has like all of yeah. the things going on. She grew up poor. <laughs> okay. Too poor to have breakfast for dinner <laughs> yeah, sure. or whatever Too it was. Too poor for breakfast for yeah. dinner. Very, very so poor. poor. She, she has a lot of problems. <laughs> she And then she dated. <laughs> she has every she problem. she dated Davey who beat her. She has a random six-year-old daughter. This daughter needs some sort of procedure done. Yes. Yeah, which is never specified, by the way, which is why we didn't say so. Yeah, yeah she Christian. literally says she needs a medical procedure. But then you also see, like, her daughter, like, standing and, like, there's no... It's never discussed ever again, even when the daughter's being, like, carted around yep. by the other lady. Yep. And, uh, you know, she's attracted to older men that are bad for her. She makes a lot of questionable mm. bad choices. She doesn't seem to have a plan ever. Yeah, it's it's also... Uh... It's also never made clear, by the way, who whether or not DMX is uh, yes. the daughter's father. Yeah. So, so she just, like, has a daughter and also DMX and also too poor yes, for breakfast exactly. for dinner. It's yes. super unclear where exactly she is from. Uh, she, we just know she doesn't have a U.S. passport, so she's, I guess, not from the U.S. Uh, I just... She's got so many things. Yet a flawless American <laughs> accent. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I just... I don't know what to do with her. Okay, but he, but here's the question, yeah. though. Which one of these franchises, and it is a franchise, but Fast and Fierce, Get by out. the way. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, have been, there, there, there have been multiple Fast oh, and Fierces in the... Me. We'll, we'll oh, get to that in a second. Which one is better at Better them? at it? What do you mean, yeah. better at it? Oh! Oi! Uh... Did, did, did all just hear you making a joke about exploiting <laughs> women? It wasn't me. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Hello, Vinny. Uh, I'm, I'm yes, sorry you, I surprised you. you. Me. I, 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 I was so angry at Goth, <laughs> this ginger bellin, for making a joke about exploiting women. It was women. not cool, you're right. You should not have done that. It's not cool to exploit or objectify women. And you should not make jokes about you it. You shouldn't. We need to move away from this misogynist culture like Boris <laughs> Johnson and the conservative party. I like it. Down with the patriarchy, Vinnie Jones. Let's do it. Vinnie Jones Agreed. is Mar- is Ray a Mary Sue? What? <laughs> no. And the, and the argument that Ray is a Mary Sue is inherently sexist. Because it implies that any female character who just happens to brush against the Campbellian hero's journey is automatically what a Mary Sue. It's a bunch of book from from the Star Wars oh. films. Oh well, thank you for the insight, Vinnie Jones. That was very helpful. Yes, thank um, you. Max Landis can go fuck himself. <laughs> so leftist Vinnie Jones, which which film franchise do you prefer? The Fast and the Fierce or the Fast and the Furious? Oh well. Fast and Furious Ooh. is brilliant. Br- Would brilliant, you want we'll a say. role in Fast and Furious? Mm. Honestly, I'm sort of surprised <laughs> that I haven't been in a Fast and Furious. You never know. They're planning on making like something like 15 of them. So I'm sure there's plenty of time for you to come and join the family or become a villain. Whatever you want. Mm. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I would too, it. honestly. <laughs> Oh, like Vin Diesel. I could see myself in the back <laughs> of his head. I'm gonna go now. Gotta go to, to Tesco's and buy 
with whatever us British people buy at Tesco. I will have fun at Tesco's. All right, Let's see you later. Thank you for coming. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god, he, he scared the shit out of me. Like I was, I was about to make like a point. He, yeah, like, he doesn't care. No, he doesn't. But he was great. But I think he kind of did take up the time for your point. So I guess we got to move on to uh, in the, yeah, in the outline. Sorry, Garth. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Definitely next time. <laughs> yeah. I just hope he doesn't come by and interrupt mm, me again. Who knows? <laughs> Later in the episode. Uh, so let's talk about the asylum. Um, mm. Yes, I need a, an explainer um, on the asylum. Yeah. So, um, the Asylum is a, it's like a studio and a distribution company. And, like, the thing they're famous for doing is, like, making, like, really cheap knockoffs of, like, big name blockbusters or, like, whatever, like, the popular thing Mm. that is about to come Mm. out. And they, and they release them, like, slightly before the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, like, depressingly successful. Okay. So, so, like, a really, like, uh, an example, um, a month before Pacific Rim came out, they put Asylum put out a movie called The Atlantic Rim. Get out! Are you kidding? That's, me? that's also about like giant robots fighting monsters. Oh my god! It just feels like it's like just and to think, confuse parents who are like yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah, as one of our friends joked last night, it's like. Uh, like some like mom goes to the red box. And yeah. Sees that, like the like oh that oh that movie I've heard so much about is my is son's out. been asking oh for God. us to rent Atlantic Rim. <laughs> oh wow. This yeah, is and so and they rake in like a truly appalling amount of money, and it it makes me just aggressively hate the industry. Well, not the industry I'm in, but like just the film going public in general. I get it, yeah. though. Like, I am so surprised and offended. And, yes, my stance on the fact that this is a complete ripoff of Fast and Furious is even stronger now. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah. How dare you try what, what, to confuse <laughs> the Fast and Furious public? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though. Uh-oh, yes. This is Fast and Furious Death Race is not the first time that Asylum has ripped off the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, you guys were telling me. I'm so... Okay, let's just go. Let's hear it. <laughs> In fact, it is the fourth time that they have ripped off the Fast and Furious <gasps> franchise. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, in 2008, uh, we had Street Racer, which is not a ripoff of the anime or the live-action adaptation of Speed Racer. Oh, okay. But a Street Racer, and it was released, like, around the same time as Tokyo Drift. Oh, okay. Um, in 2011, we have 200 miles per hour. Oh, wow. Which was meant to capitalize off of Fast Five. Oh, jeez. Uh, in 2017, we have the first Fast and Fierce film, The Fast and the Fierce. Get out! Are you kidding? Oh, my God. <laughs> which was meant to capitalize off of uh, Fate, and Fate of the Furious, which is the eighth one. Where, where are the copyright lawyers? Where are they? Oh, they get sued all the time. Oh, God. Um, Not hard it just enough, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, it, although it's, like, it's listed as a sequel, but it's, like, it like I I took a quick glance at the IMDb and like they don't share any characters or anything like I I think like this is just like the asylum's world of like vaguely Los Angeles street race movies. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then finally we have 
uh, the movie we watched for this, uh, Fast and Furious Death Race, which was supposed to capitalize off of uh, Fast and Furious 9. But sadly, uh, that did not come out because of COVID. Uh, so, yeah, Asylum just got to dominate the 2020 vaguely Los Angeles car race movie market. I'm not happy about it. I hope they didn't make <laughs> as much money as they wanted to. And a curse upon the asylum. Where is yeah. where is Grimes? I need the I need access. Yeah. To we the need witch. to find a banshee to <laughs> curse the asylum. We need the banshee. We need the COVID banshees to yeah. find. A hundred percent agree. I will pay for all of the rituals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they also make like a lot of like general just yeah. schlock. Okay. Um, so like they are responsible for the Sharknado movies. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. And they have like a lot of movies like that. Okay. Um there's also a movie that's very special to Sanchez and I. <laughs> uh it's called Trolland. Oh, that thing. Okay. I... Of course it's by these people. <laughs> I... It's what happens when you take too much cough syrup because you're sick and then you have an adverse reaction to it and stay up all night. And have strange dreams. Um, Trolland Ooh, is, I like, I that. think, actually the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I, I see Trolland that. Is, Trolland is a, uh, it's an animated movie uh, that was meant to Quote-unquote animated. Um, it's the so, worst animation I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. I've seen clips <laughs> Every, of it. Everyone go on YouTube and look up Trolland. Yeah. Uh, starring Ja Rule. Uh, T-Boz of TLC fame, Dick Van Dyke, Jerry O'Connell, and Chris Daughtry. Yeah. So that's that's another thing with Asylum is that like they're occasionally able to rope in like actual human beings who you know. No fucking clue how they got Dick Van Dyke of all people. Yeah, yeah this isn't even a moment where I say like, yeah, I guess, you know, get your money how you can. I a shame on these people. Shame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost wonder if Dick Van Dyke yeah. got bamboozled himself and thought he was going to be in the Trolls movie. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that happening, though. He was, he was, he was trying to man, rent a movie from know? the Red Box, and yeah. a producer approached him. How would... Yeah. I oh, work for man. A producer trolls. gave him the script, and he saw a troll, and was like, oh, the Justin Timberlake piece. Great. <laughs> I've always wanted to work with him. Oh, no. Yeah. Not quite. So depressing yeah. to think about. Yeah, Trolland is. Trolland is yeah. fucked. <laughs> Trolland is just like. We know. all tried to watch Trolland like a few weeks ago. Not Butler, uh, but Sanchez and I and a few other people. Yeah. And like we didn't even make it like halfway through. No, it was through. excruciating. But yeah, I I have been informed that I have watched many an asylum movie. I can really? the only one I really remember is Trolland. Um, wow. But <laughs> yeah. Tr- Trolling kind of absorbs a lot of mental space if you've, like... Yes. I've seen a lot of bad movies because, like, one Trolling is worth, like, 15 movies. Ooh, no, I don't like the the math on that at all. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, and I feel... Yeah, so I would say I've seen one bad movie, at least one bad movie a weekend for all of high school and since I moved back to D.C. (laughs) after college. Oh, wow. And so... That's a lot of them. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of really bad movies, and they all blend together at this point. I didn't um, realize you'd seen so many. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I've seen so many. Um, wow. <laughs> they. We almost watched. Um, the asylum put out a, a movie about 
or like based on the 9-11 commission report. Oh, wow. Yes, we did try to watch that yesterday. Yeah, we couldn't find it's it. It's probably for the it best. It didn't work out, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes signs are put out there. Yeah. And this sounds like it was a sign. No, I agree. It was definitely for the best because the thing we watched instead was like <laughs> excellent. But, oh, God, what you watch um, instead? Oh, okay. I want to know. What did you watch instead? Okay. Outside. Okay. Little bit, little, little, bit, little bit of behind the scenes drama. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> we have put a moratorium on American Idiot Talk. Uh, that said, last night we watched a. Was it a bootleg? Yeah, I think it was. We watched a bootleg of the American Idiot Broadway Why? musical. No, but it wasn't the Broadway version. It was the Broadway version. <laughs> I don't. I love you guys so much, but I don't understand what you do with your Saturday nights, even in COVID. I got to admit, like it was pretty damn. It was funny, pretty great. Like, yeah, it was. It sounds excruciating. There's this one part. This is what part where this guy is singing. I forget which song he's singing, but it's like one of the sad songs. He's one kind of, of going the like sad this. Songs aren't they all sad? <laughs> Many of them are sad, but then there's like a chorus behind him, and they're all wearing underpants. And <laughs> why? <laughs> Just like tidy whities Because they're going to Iraq. They're going to Iraq. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, en- enough. En- enough American idiot talk. Are you okay. sure you don't want to we'll just throw this into this? Okay, but you need to know. Or? You need to know. This is the last sentence I will ever say about Green Day. At the end of the song, the man who's singing also takes off his pants and he's in his underwear, and then they all go to Iraq. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Garth. I don't think I need to hear any more about Green Day's specific commentary on the Iraq War. <laughs> I think I'm over it. Not the war, okay. but like their commentary. <laughs> it's too much. So moving on. Moving on. We we we, we promise no more Green Day talk. We can't promise that, but sure. um, no more no more. We, we we understand that it has absorbed an inordinate amount of time of this podcast. It's unnecessary. We we know we we will stop. So the asylum very bad. You know what else is really bad? What Sanchez? What could what? possibly be worse? Racism. Yes, that's worse. Ooh. You're right. Yeah, racism is bad. Racism is worse. The the official stance of the But What If I Tried Acting podcast is that racism is bad. Yeah, yes. so we should stop doing it. Uh, yeah. And Jesus. Yeah, Sanchez, uh, where do you want um, to begin with the racism in this movie? Where to begin? As discussed, this movie is very racist. Um, so let's just, I guess, start with the most racist part, I would I would argue. Um, Jillian. Gillian Jillian. Um <laughs> Is a character who's played by, I'm assuming, a white woman. Um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, by I was white unable. Wo- I was unable to confirm like her background, but like yes, she's of ambiguous What I will say origins. is this part. Yeah, this person is clearly not Latinx. Um, nope. nope. She is nope. white and also not because you can be white and be Latinx. You can. This person is not that. This person is just a white woman from somewhere, but not Mexico. Do we she's, think she's a Hilaria? Does she just really love Mexican culture? <laughs> <laughs> she vacationed in Mexico. Oh, Hilaria. That the, would be... The gift well, that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes. I feel like if she was Jillian, though, right, and she moved to Mexico, she would become, like, Juliana or something. She's Juliana from Guadalajara. Yeah. I don't mm. know. <laughs> no, it's the first G that came to mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we should bring up, like, what we're really talking about is Gillian Jillian's 
accent. Yes. Uh, yes. God. Yeah, it's it's real bad. It's like a pretend Tony Montana accident. But yeah, so A, it doesn't make any sense. B, it's... Okay, so people who are doing racist accents uh, make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. with the accent because mm-hmm. they've never actually listened to a, you know, person with a speaking English with a Spanish accent before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of mistakes that they make. This person, mm-hmm. many mistakes. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I'd say just kind of like general things is that like people who grew up speaking Spanish and then speak English have a hard time distinguishing between the letter V as in Veronica and like B as in like breakfast. Okay. And mm. R and D. Mm-hmm. Um. And they usually pronounce, like, Y-sounding, like, words that start with the letter Y with a J. Yeah. Um, none of those things happened with this woman. It was kind of like she was, like, slurring. It was like a drunk white woman doing a Tony Montana impression the whole time. I would say that's pretty <laughs> on the ball. Like, Yeah. She's putting too much emphasis on the wrong vowels a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite... Yeah. Uh bad accent so what she's saying is like mm-hmm. their error yeah but she, she says their yes. error yeah. which is clearly like what a bambi white woman would <laughs> think is yes. how like just like a generic spanish accent of how you would say the yes. word error. um her accent is certainly an 11 out of 10 hilarias um <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we genuinely cannot tell whether the Gillian Jillian character is supposed to be Mexican yeah. or not. It could be like they cast her and then the director was a jerk and decided last minute, actually, your character should be Mexican. You're going to have to just do your best to come up with the Mexican accent. Good luck. Yeah. I yeah. could see that happening. I, but yeah, for the record, as a Latinx person, don't do this in your movie. It's bad. It's not good. Um, <laughs> there, no. there were other cultural details that were pretty bad. Like there were some uh, randomly placed pinatas, like very inappropriately placed. There, I believe the first one I spotted was in a parking lot at the restaurant, which was checkpoint one. It was almost like it was such a. It was the largest pinata I've ever seen because it was like. It was at least waist high on a human. And there was another one in the restaurant on like a sideboard or like it was like on a table randomly. It was. Yeah. So odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when we watch these movies, uh, we generally try not to talk to each other about them, you know, for the sake (laughs) of the podcast. But then at some point uh, in our group text, Sanchez was like, I'm 20 minutes into this movie and I've seen three out of place pinatas. <laughs> There's too many pinatas. I mean, it was clearly that they went to like Party City, right, and bought a bunch of pinatas. And they're like, we gotta, we gotta make the place look more Mexican, guys, and just like put pinatas like in the, sh- basically just in the shot, right, so you can see the pinatas and that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how how else um, are you going to communicate that you're in Mexico? This is true. Some Pika Mexico. It's, it's not uh, like you details. can like cast Mexican people or anything. Like... No, 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 no. When... They have to be white, and then we have pinatas. When you're clearly <laughs> shooting in Los Angeles, and you have to make it so that it looks like Mexico, you need pinatas, you need tequila, and you need a blonde white lady, clearly from the U.S., to be the like main bartender slash hostess slash whatever. Yes. 
yeah. makes perfect sense. And also, um, uh, in a detail, I did not catch. Uh, you need to just like print out pictures of Day of the Dead skulls and just like <laughs> tape them to your wall. <laughs> They were just taped to the wall of the the murder lady's house. Um, there was yeah, it was three of them, and they were literally just printed out on computer paper. It was so hilarious. Yep. And like, yeah, just <laughs> completely unacceptable. Just yeah, it's, it's like not how people live. It's like it's like trying to like sitting here and like trying to come up with a thing to say about that is just a yeah. completely pointless exercise because just yeah. so transparently stupid and bad. Yeah. Like, they're like, we need to make the place look more Mexican. Like, <laughs> Quick, intern. <laughs> Print out some Day of the Dead skulls. Well, yeah, you know, like. You need to have a guy come in dressed in, with, like, he's got to have on cargo shorts. He's got to have on socks that come up to above his ankles. And he has to have, like, his a long sleeve shirt with one button. And he also has to have a weird, innocuous accent. It's <laughs> completely unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. so, like, like <laughs> whenever, um the cartel guys oh, showed up like yeah. the, the, they're all wearing masks and stuff and i'd be willing to bet any amount of money that those are white dudes oh yeah they, they looked yeah i'm pretty sure they were um they didn't even try like yeah uh yeah. like yeah. if you are inclined to watch this movie just like just watch the dmx scenes <laughs> you'll have a good time yeah yeah he is definitely the better villain um i wish he had been the villain longer but they uh, clearly could not afford the full amount of time they needed with him. So they do this sort of hilarious thing um, that we've actually seen have to happen in like other movies, but never as obviously. Yeah. They, uh, like, yeah. yeah. Normally he's just like in five minutes and they kill him. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or he's like a ghost or something. Yeah. yeah. Or he's like a weird plot device. Yeah. Yeah. This time it's like, we're going to go incredibly far out of our ways far out of our way to like contrive this reason for him to not be in like the vast majority of the movie yeah like like once the murder ladies rescue him like he's basically just like in the backseat of that car heading to los angeles yes so it's like off screen yeah for, for like yeah. 50 minutes of this movie <laughs> and then the well i was oh go ahead i was gonna say the funny thing about the rescue is like he has a hood over his head so that's and it's pretty obvious that it's not even DMX. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, it's great. It's, not, it's like clearly not his shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I, I was like watching this and I remember I was like talking to um, my boyfriend and I was like, it's super weird that they haven't taken his hood off yet. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like, it's because it's not DMX. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so another cool thing is uh, DMX gets to punch cop in this movie, which is always great, and I'm Yay. sure it always feels really good for him. All always cops good. are bastards. He did have to get arrested, and I'm sure that was not fun for him. Uh, sitting in the back <laughs> yeah. of that squad car yeah. for that scene was probably not great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I guess, like, the final thing I want to say about the DMX stuff is... Uh, I like that this movie also has an opinion. Like, it's very silly that DMX is playing someone named Davey. Oh my gosh! Or, yes. or that, or that, like, someone named Davey is apparently like a a huge crime lord in Mexico. Yes, and every time mm -hmm. Jillian says Davey in her weird accent, it was yeah, yeah. Uh, Just... mm -hmm. And I thought it was very funny that the movie itself also has an opinion on the fact that it's silly that his name that his name is Davey <laughs> because mm -hmm. uh, the lead character at one point says. Don't tell me you're afraid of a grown-ass man that goes by the name of Davey. 
a rare self-aware moment that was actually pretty funny yes <laughs> yeah that, that was like i think that was like the one moment i laughed at the movie but it was like intentional <laughs> yeah all right well do 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 guess what time it is guys what time what is it? It's segments time. Yay! Segments. So we begin with my segment, my nitpick corner. And let me tell you guys, there were just so many things <laughs> to nitpick. But as always, I've tried to narrow it down to the most egregious offenses. And here we go. The first one is obviously that stupid jean jacket vest thing that Nelson is wearing. It was hideous <laughs> and I hated it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the first things that, like, really offended my eyes on screen. Um, it was quite bad. Next thing is, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I did. When Nelson and Jack are first talking, uh, Jack's back is to the sun. And I noticed the oddest thing going on with his shoulders. He had this very sort of wispy, stringy, sh- long shoulder hair that was oh. very distracting. And not to body shame anybody, but I just think that they should have chosen, like, something to do with it. Because it mm. looked, it was distracting, kept fluttering in the wind, <laughs> made me cringe a little bit. Uh, I just think, you know, choose. Choose what to do with the shoulder hair. Do something mm. with it. Fair enough. Solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garth mentioned already the name Davy. It's hard to nitpick it, but it was just weird. And I do like that they mm-hmm. made a joke out of it, but it just kind of was like, it was just so weird the whole movie. Basically, they're always like looking for Davy, and oh no, Davy's been kidnapped, and oh no, Davy's on drugs, and like I'm scared of Davy. It's like it's hard to respect his prowess as some sort of like underlord king or whatever he is. Uh, the way that Jillian drinks tequila shots was weird. She like weirdly kind of like she kind of like goes hand over and like brings them up to her mouth, and like I it was just a very weird, awkward way to do tequila shots. Yeah, it's very gesture It was, yeah. It was too much, like, movement. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way, again, Garth kind of mentioned this, but the way Bianca busts into the car and then Jack actually, like, drives away. <laughs> Who does that? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that does not make sense. I can't, I can't even believe that his side door was unlocked. Most car doors, the doors automatically lock. So, like, what in the world? <laughs> I know he was in an old car and everything, but, like, still... Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, And then the last one I'll bring up is the idea that Davey, as some sort of, like, huge crime boss, keeps all of the information about his criminal enterprises on two thumb drives. Just, what? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Also, uh, Garth's nitpick corner. Yes? Mm -hmm. Those did not look like thumb drives to me. They were weirdly, like, over-the-top-looking thumb drives, yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, I couldn't identify what they were at first. Uh, So then, like, I spent, like, a good 15 minutes being confused, but, like, what what are these devices? And then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. They've got all the information. Yeah. And actually, (laughs) I do have one last one. It was how uh, the little girl, Sophia, Bianca's daughter, looks nothing like Bianca. I'm like, where'd they get this kid? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was also confused by that. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, that's all I got. So, next up, we have Sanchez's butthole and coked out sex mistress corner. Yes. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, and I will once again 
be starting this section off with a question for for the group really okay. is it about uh buttholes or coked out sex messages yes okay. <laughs> so um you know how we've already kind of talked about how this movie is basically a fast and the furious ripoff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what if it was actually a ripoff of the beloved film rat race <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, there are more mm. similarities than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty similar. It is much oh, more similar to Rat Race. Um, yeah, the absurdity, the lack of like good racing. Yeah, like like, like yeah. The, the the GPS deserts. tracking in the deserts and like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. Smash Mouth concert at the end. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically a shot for shot, um, exactly like each other. Yes. Yeah. The bus full of Lucille Ball impersonators. <laughs> yep. The Hitler Museum. Yep. It's all there. All the same. You mean, you mean the Barbie Museum? <laughs> yes. I mean the Barbie Hitler Museum that's not about Hitler, but is about Barbie, a Nazi or whatever. That was like, I still think that part is Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> a genuinely good joke. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are things in that movie that are actually funny. Um, also, both uh, prominently feature uh, Baha men in the soundtrack. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, that Lucille this Ball is... Get th- this thing is really funny. <laughs> yes. Um, in conclusion, Rat Race, very good. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the butthole corner. Thank you so much, Cinch. As, as yeah. always, very good. Very, very good. informative very good. conversation about buttholes. And... Um, so I feel like our next question almost is moot because we've really expressed, uh, the answer, which is, uh, so our next question is, was DMX good in this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought he was great. Truly. Yeah. All right. Well, then our next one is, was DMX the best part of this movie? Yes. For me, it's a tie between DMX and coked up lady murder squad. Oh, good point. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Lady Murder Squad. Yeah. If he he was the Charlie of the Lady Murder Squad, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The Charlie or the Bill, whichever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kill Bill with TMX. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's really a debate between, like, uh, DMX's like constant insulting of Nelson versus <laughs> the killer ladies doing their killer stuff. Yes. I feel like DMX has more screen time, but oh man, uh, I think yeah, he does. Too, yeah, you know what? It's it's the killer ladies. Yeah. They were pretty good. I thought they deserved their own movie. Yeah, that that was the only thing like in the movie that was like this is like a unique thing in this movie that I cannot find in another movie. I think the closest thing you could probably find to this would be, I don't know, like Spring Breakers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's it's the least like Fast and Furious ripoffy part of the movie too, because like, you're never gonna see characters doing drugs in a fucking Fast and Furious movie. All right. So the next is, uh, would the movie be better if DMX did a Will style, Will Smith style song explaining the plot of the movie? I'm gonna go with no. Actually, mm, okay. I think the plot of this movie is kind of boring. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I feel like if you did a like a plot song with this movie, it would just be kind of a subpar DMX song. Yeah, I think like like, like there's nothing I can get in this movie that I can't get in Rough Riders Anthem. 
Mm, I do think you're right about that. I think I would like the song if it was from Davy's point of view. And it was basically about like, he gets kidnapped by the cartel and he then goes on to rap about the revenge he's going to get on the cartel. So you want a DMX song? (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's why I said like, you've really hit the head on the, the nail on the head in that you could get this from Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah. Specifically like Mm -hmm. the Rough Riders Anthem video. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, I guess it doesn't really need it. Uh, I guess maybe this, uh, just this movie could have benefited from a DMX song from one of his already, his already uh, released tracks. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing in this movie except for the the killer ladies that, like, I can't get from the Rough Riders Anthem music video. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you're right. For listeners, yeah. th- that's the one where, like, they're all on, like, quads and, like, driving around Yonkers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yonkers. It's got vehicles. Yonkers. Um, okay, then. <laughs> well, then now it's on to our fun category. And this week, the question is, what car movie would you pick to put dmx in hmm Mm. this was a really intriguing question posed by sanchez it was a real thinker (laughs) i agree um sanchez what did you pick oh Oh. what did i pick yes well okay here's the problem i don't know a lot about car movies um and i haven't seen that many so i have made a, a choice and i think it actually is a good choice um, but it's possibly an unconventional one and maybe a disputed car movie, but I think it's a car movie. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Grease. Ah, <laughs> you know, I thought about Grease, honestly. I feel like that would be fun. It would be, it would mix things up. Um, cause Grease is a weird movie. <laughs> Grease is also, a weird, bad movie. Uh, I don't think I've seen, you know, we, ha- we talked about how we haven't seen, uh, DMX in a period piece yet. And that sort mm-hmm. of is one in a way. So, yeah. Could yes. be kind of cool. <laughs> yes. Who, who would he be in Greece? Just DMX or, like, is he replacing a character? I feel like he'd have to replace somebody. Um, John Travolta? I guess John Travolta. I feel like that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Butler. Uh, okay. So my pick is... Pixar's Cars. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good choice. I almost did that one. I, I would want him to replace Owen Wilson. I'm not picky about which of the Cars movies. I, I think some I, it's probably between the first one and the third one, because I like how the third one, the trailer, tried to go like gritty for children's movie. <laughs> nice. You see, I, I was sort of hoping that you were going to say that DMX is a car in the Cars universe. I mean, well, he is a car. Owen Wilson's character is a car. So he has to voice a car. But but he's not, like, replaced. Like, like the reality I want is that, like, DMX is not, like, replacing a character, but, like, is DMX, but he's a car. Oh, that would Solid. also be funny. I'd be fine with that, too. Like, if he if his car character replaced Mater or something, that could be funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, who are you? I'm DMX. <laughs> that could be funny. So I, I only had one. Mm. It's going to require mm-hmm. a little explanation, because I doubt either of you have seen this movie. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called Two for the Road. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. It was put out in 1967. Okay. Um, do, do you guys know who Albert Finney is? Sort of. No. Uh, have either of you seen Aaron Brockovich? Yes. Yes. He is uh, Julia Roberts' boss yeah. in that movie. Okay. He's great. 
Gotcha. But, but he was like a prominent. He's a prominent British actor. Has uh, has been famous for a very long time. Is like a staple who passed fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him and Audrey Hepburn. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the what the movie essentially is is like it, we're cutting between three timelines. It's this couple who do the same road trip every once in a while through the south of France. Mm-hmm. They're kind mm-hmm. of like just doing the French coast. So we, we see the road trip from when they first meet, and then we mm-hmm. see it as newlyweds, and then the third timeline is later when kind of their marriage is on the rocks. Mm. And it's this very uh, classy kind of romantic movie, uh, and I would love DMX to play Albert Finney's character in it and ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> that would be interesting. I like that. Yeah. Just DMX in like a classy old, I don't even think it's Hollywood, like a, a classic old movie. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, Two for the Road is a great movie that. It sounds great. Would be perfect for, say, a Valentine's Day, which, by the way, Ooh. is today. It is today. Mm. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, especially to yeah. my Valentine, uh, Bailey. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, all right, so now it's on to our rankings. Garth, I believe you're up first. <laughs> sure. Uh, Number one, top five. Number two, belly. Number three, death toll. Number four, Romeo must die. Number five, cradle to the grave. Number six, pimp. Number seven, fast and fierce death race. Uh, Number eight, never die alone. Nine, last hour. Ten, father of lies. Eleven, lockjaw, rise of the Kulev serpent. Twelve, lords of the street. 13, The Bleeding, Negative a Billion, Exit Wounds, and Negative a Billion and One, Beyond the Law. <laughs> nice. Yes, very nice. Um, Sanchez, do you want to go next? I would love to. All right. Um, all right. So number one, top five. Then we have Romeo Must Die, The Bleeding, Death Toll, Cradle to the Grave, um, Father of Lies, Lockjaw, um, Belly, and then... The name of this movie, what is it? Fast and the Fierce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pimp, Never Die Alone, Exit Wounds, and, of course, Beyond the Law. Very nice. All right, so for me, I've got number one, Romeo Must Die. Number two, Cradle to the Grave. Number three, Top Five. Number four, Exit Wounds. Number five, Belly. Number six, The Bleeding. Number seven, Pimp. Number eight, Last Hour. Number nine, Fast and Fierce, and only because Beyond the Law was so boring. It should be down at the very bottom, but I'm trying to be, you know, impartial about these rankings. So anyway, yeah, Beyond the Law, then Never Die Alone, then Father of Lies, and then finally Lockjaw. I was kind of guessing that Fast and Fierce was going to be at the very bottom of your list due to your uh, ties to the Fast and Furious franchise. In my heart of hearts is at the bottom of the list, but because Beyond the Law is so boring, Never Die Alone is just awful, like, on so many levels. It's just a foul movie. Father of Lies has heart, but looks so bad, and just, it's not a good movie. And then Lockjaw is terrible. It's just so bad. It's so, so bad. On a lot of levels, this movie is unfortunately a better movie. Yeah, the killer ladies. Yeah, the killer ladies yeah. are good. DMX is good. It looks better than Father of Lies. You know, there's production value, I guess. Or whatever. Fair. 
Meh. I love how reluctant you are to say nice things about the movie. I don't feel yeah. good about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts? Um, don't watch Steven, this movie. <laughs> Steven Seagal is cool and good. Not. <laughs> Very good. Don't give yeah. the asylum any more money. Yeah. Burn. Steven yes. Seagal well, fans. This has been the Fast and the Fierce. Uh, and the Fierce. This has been the <laughs> Fast and the Fierce. Uh, next week, we're going to do Chronicle of a Serial Killer, which is our last movie. Ooh. Oh, my God. Um, not our last episode. We're going to do a final episode after that. But this is our last movie. So. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Sounds serial like we've killer. got a true crime piece. So I'm excited about Ooh. that. Is it a Very true exciting. crime? I don't know. I mean, it looks like maybe. It's about a serial killer. Yeah, right? I mean, we will definitely be talking about Butler's true crime podcast obsession. But <laughs> excellent. I think it's 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 gone beyond podcasts, Garth. It's just true crime <laughs> obsession in general. Got it. Uh, yeah. So don't forget to rate us, review us. Yes, please. Talk about us, <laughs> add us. Yeah, be like Bailey. Okay, she subscribed. Yeah. yeah, you should subscribe. Bailey. Subscribe. Give us ba- five Bailey's stars. Bailey's cooler than all of you. She is though. She's really cool. I like her a lot. She's so Bailey sweet. is very cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, prove all us, these prove us only, otherwise. <laughs> all these things only help the podcast. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Buitapod. On Instagram, we're at Buitapodcast. Where one day down the line, you may see a picture of the communist bike. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on Facebook, we are. But what if I tried acting? <laughs> well, thank you, Butler. Thank you, Sanchez. Thank you so much. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Sanchez. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Butler. We'll see. And thank you, audience. And thank you, Benny Jones and Grimes. <laughs> Grimes. It's so kind yes. of them to stop by. And thank Bailey. you, one and all. And happy Valentine's Day to all of you. We love you. Yes, audience. <laughs> I fucking love you. All right. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Bye.